and welcome back to Behind the Mask. I'm one of your hosts, EJ, and joining me today in my living room is... Lori! Lori's visiting me from across the state for a couple of days, so we thought we'd uh, record a few podcasts while she was here. T couldn't join us today. She is got some stuff going on, but hopefully she'll be joining us here soon. Today we're doing our episode 11. We're calling The Mask of Friendship, which seems fitting since Lori and I have been friends for, what, over six years now? and. Yes. Got pretty close pretty quickly. Just a reminder that a lot of the stuff that we'll talk about, you know, if we give advice, you know, just take that with a grain of salt and, you know, talk to your medical providers if, you know, if there's something like your psychologist, doctors, all that. We definitely are not any of those (laughs) and we don't claim to be. So just keep that in mind um, as you listen. So, you know, there's a mask that we wear in friendship and there's a lot of reasons why we do. So I think we're going to start talking, we'll start with talking about that a little bit. You know, I know for me in friendships, especially when you first get to know people, like you're kind of nervous about what they are going to think of you or, Oh, well, I don't want to say this around this person until I know if they're okay with that. And so there's a lot of fear of like, well, of rejection, honestly, is where, what it boils down to. Yeah. I was thinking about, and I'm going to reveal my age a little bit over yours in that (laughs) growing up, you know, there were what we called uh, societal taboo subjects, you know, that you didn't just talk to in polite conversation. So you didn't talk about sex and you didn't talk about religion (laughs) and you didn't talk about politics because all of those things could lead to, you know, some pretty crazy, crazy conversations. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I grew up, my dad, that was one thing my dad was like, he's like, you never talk about religion or politics with anybody. That's what just, that's how I was raised too. So I get it. Yeah. And I think for me, oh, definitely growing up in in a way that I felt like I was not constantly being scrutinized, um, constantly living under a lot of social pressure. I began to wear masks, especially with 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 friends, very 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 early in life, and I think as I grew older. There were fears, there were just things that I had built up in my own mind that I I couldn't be transparent, I couldn't be authentic. Because to be those things would really be kind of my ruin, if you will. They would they would hurt me, it would come back to haunt me, and it just it wouldn't be safe. And so Not that that is necessarily true. It was what was built up in my mind Mm -hmm. and what I felt, you know, was, was keeping me safe, um, protected. I was just having a conversation with some friends the other day that I'd gotten together with for a Bible study and we've already touched on the masks of our weight and so forth. And I was confessing, if you will, to these friends that my weight has been my biggest security blanket. It really has been my biggest protector against the world. And that in my life, growing up, I felt like men were abusive and women were jealous. And that didn't change as I grew up, as yeah. I, even as I matured. Well, because you experienced it throughout your young life, you know, in that time. Yeah. And so, you know, I think the masks that I really identify with in friendship are, you know, cliques, you know, when you're in a certain group and just, 
you just know there are certain things that are acceptable, mm-hmm. right? Or like, and we've talked about those societal expectations, but but fears, past hurts, you know. Mm-hmm. There's so much entangled in that mess of learning how to be our authentic self mm-hmm. and yet being afraid of being hurt right. and being afraid of being let down and yeah. just everything, yeah. Well, and I think, too, like, it's funny. You and I are in a group together. Well, we're in several groups together, but one this one group is among people from our church body. And, you know, we're Christians. We tend to keep our language clean. <laughs> and so there was a day I'd gone on to this group, and I wasn't feeling well, so I wasn't planning on sticking around for long, and I said I felt like shit. <laughs> oh. And I'd never said that in, like, a public forum like that. And actually, like, I, you know, I had said I wasn't feeling good, you know, used that word. And then about an hour later, I got a message from one of the people in the group that I hadn't really talked with too much, but they were concerned because they'd never heard me talk like that. And I'm thinking like, cause, and you know, when I was a kid and I, and, and to this day, Lori can attest, I still cuss like a sailor sometimes when I get really mad. And that, that's one of my sins. I admit I cuss. And so for me, like Lori's used to hearing it once in a while, like when I'm really mad or I drop something and I, you know, that just comes out cause that's just nature and I, I'm working on it. But this person had never heard me talk like that. So they had no idea that that was an, an issue I dealt with. So when I said I didn't feel good and I was using that term, it was like, so that now I, I'm even more self-conscious about like, that's a mask I've put on. Like, okay, you've got to watch your language in public because, you know, and I have of other people who like purposely don't use those words around me because they never hear me. And then they hear me say that and they're like freak out because, so that's kind of a mask. Like... I've put on the, like, I don't know, I guess the Christian mask of I don't cuss, but then when it does come out, it's like this huge shock, because that, but but on the other hand, I'm showing my authentic self by saying those words. They're not good, I shouldn't be doing them, and I, you know, that's, you know, I confess when I do that, but, you know, for that person to reach out to me, like, hey, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm just not feeling good, and I just that just came out, you know, I didn't mean to. And at first I thought, cause they were offended, but then they're like, they were just concerned. And I appreciated that they were concerned and asked, you know, in the language, like you were saying about, you know, you don't talk about certain things. I grew up in a household where my mom's mom lived with us, my parents and I for probably the first 14 years of my life. And a little more before I was born, my grandma moved in. So there was a constant, like foul language was definitely in our household because my dad and my grandmother would go away <laughs> because, you know, it's his mother-in-law, you know, that just, to, you know, that's the story. Yeah. You know, so we have, you know, my, in the household, there's, you know, different, the language, and but even other things like my friends would come over and then like my dad didn't, had no filter. So like the language would come out when I had friends around. So I just, that's what I learned. So it's like, a mask I put on, but it's a mask I grew up with. And like, that was what I built. So like now it's hard to break down. And I've kind of, I've really, you know, done well with like really cutting it out, but even things like what I support and what I don't support. Like I love animals. So I am against animal cruelty and things like that. But then like, even that is almost a taboo subject to talk about. Granted, you know, don't you feel like almost everything is a taboo subject nowadays? Yeah, because there's... Everything is so controversial and divided and... 
Yeah, there's that. It's yeah. so there's you know things like that. But then there's somebody who thinks well. But then people will say, well, but you eat meat, and I'm like, well, yeah, I eat meat because God put animals on earth for us to eat. So I like that's what my theory is as to why I'm not a vegetarian. I don't have anything against those people who do, but again, that's their choice, not mine. And I, you know, we were having a topic, you know, discussion last night when you got here, you know, just about some stuff. And it was like, even though certain things are being talked about, there are other things that are equally as important being not being talked about that should be. Um, So, you know, it's just everybody's going to have their own like passion and things they want to discuss. And so it's like you have to almost have like a, a rule book in your head of like, okay, this person doesn't like talking about this, so don't talk about it. Or... I don't want people to know this about me because I don't want it to cause problems among a group of friends. Or I don't want to bring this up because I'm afraid it's going to cause a discussion and cause other friends to be. Because that's the worst. Like, you bring up a discussion and two other friends have completely opposing sides and there's no middle ground. So then you're like a tennis match of two friends. You're watching this tennis match go back and forth of friends bickering it out. And then you're like, why did I bring that up? I posted a meme on... I think it was my Facebook wall. Uh, just a, it could have even been yesterday, but I think it was a couple of days ago, where it it basically I'm gonna sum it up. Said that that a sign of maturity w- within friendships was if you were able to disagree and yet still carry on a conversation, and I I do think that that is a we we have definitely lost that art, um, and it kind of breaks my heart and makes me sad. But I feel like, I think it's something we should all aspire to. Yeah. That we should be able to agree to disagree. We should be mm. able to say, I may not feel the same way as you, but I can respect your opinion. Um, you know, I can respect your thoughts. I can respect how you feel and not make it such a a disunifying thing, you know. But I also think going along with that, that a lot of that comes from the level or the strength of the friendship that you're dealing with. Because if somebody who you don't know very well gets into it with you about something, they might not have that feeling because they're not as connected to you. But, like, you and I get into an agreement, you and I, I mean, look at how many times when we first started working together, how many times we had arguments yeah. about, like, how we were doing things or how we weren't doing things. And then, but that five minutes later, we're talking about something completely different and then the topic's just gone. Because we had a good friendship and we had that built in and we knew that that was going on, but we knew we could work past that. Whereas if that was, like, if that argument, per se, came from somebody else that I didn't know very well, I would be like shutting it out and been like, okay, you know, I'm like, then I would hate that person for what they said. And so it's, I think it's the strength of the relationship. So I think this is a great segue into kind of where we want to go next, because so then to build, when we're building that foundation, when we're making those friendships, when we're creating them, you know, investing in them, if you will, right? You know, because, yes, we have acquaintances, right? And so societal, topical conversation is different than an authentic friendship. So what are maybe, I guess we can talk about, what are some of the things that that you would look for in, a, in, um, in an authentic friendship? What would you, you want to see 
in that in that um, authentic relationship. Well, I mean, I think a lot of what we've already discussed, you know, an ability to like see me for who I am, to accept who I am and understand that I have choices and preferences and opinions about things that you might have as different but that accept me for who I am and my choices. Please, you know, as a friend, like, I don't want to change my friends. I want them to be who they want to be. But I also, you know, would hope the same thing for them. You know, like, they would see the same thing. Like, they're not being my friend just to make sure I change to what they want me to be. Because that's not an authentic friend. That's a trying to mold you into some copycat of you. So an authentic relationship could be a safe relationship where safe, you're safe yeah. to be yourself you're right. safe to be transparent yeah. uh, you know vulnerable right right you know and there's and i'll admit there's discussions and topics that i don't um partake in at church not because i don't want to it's because not everybody i i mentally i know not everybody has the same convictions or the desire to talk about it so I just choose not to have those conversations except with those trusted few I can feel safe with of making that statement and not feeling judged. Because that's another thing. We not only don't want to be rejected, we also don't want to be judged. Oh, amen to that. Amen. And a lot of faithful people use the word unconditional love a lot because that is what our Savior provides for us. And he gives us that model of unconditional love for everyone, right? But... In a in an authentic relationship, like I believe you and I have, and 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 T and you and I have, where we know that even when we don't agree, there's no conditions, there's no judgment. Um, that is that adds to that safe environment, but it also just makes you feel loved, and we want to feel loved. In an authentic relationship, that's mm-hmm. what makes it authentic yeah. and not surfacy. Right. Right? So we're willing to take those chances and invest, if you will, mm-hmm. um, so that we can get that love back. Right. Right? Yeah. Like, we don't hide. Like, we shouldn't hide. And we should be open to, like, what, and, and I'm, like, you know, if I see a post online that I agree with, I'll, you know, I'll like it and I'll make a comment on it or, I'll you know, I'll save it or whatever. You know, and even in those things, like, I have a lot of friends online, too, who have completely different lives as me. But then I've lucked out, and I've, like, connected with certain people that I feel safe and not judged with. And so we have discussions. And, like, even then, like, some of them have things they only talk about with, like, a few of us online because they're afraid to talk. Like, being an authentic friend, you know, sometimes it's just, I don't know, like, being that text message that you like, oh, I just need to say this. And like when you're living in, you know, across the state and I'm here and I have something go on, like there's times I reach out to you about something, you know, and I did to you the other day. Right. I was like, what? But on the other hand, like, so the agree to disagree term is really challenging because what you're saying in that is if you agree to disagree, that means that both of you have a, like a, a found, a strong, opinion on either side okay and then you're agreeing that that's going to be that way and it's never going to change but you're never going to see eye to eye and so it's like you're agreeing to just stay there which i don't feel in some ways can actually bring an authentic relationship because there's then that's 
Like, I'm not saying that, like, when I meet someone and they want me to be a certain way, I should change. But if I see that person and I know that that's their stance, like, at least can I mentally understand where they're coming from? So I'm like, I'm not agreeing and I'm not conceding that they're right or I'm right. But I have my conviction. They have their conviction. Can we come together? So I totally think you can. Uh, something that you said reminded me back when I was a married person um, in some marriage counseling, like at a conference or something, and, and I'm sure I've read it. Um, they suggest that you not use the words always and never mm-hmm. in, in your relationship if you, you know, right. because then it doesn't leave any room for mm-hmm. growth. Right. It doesn't leave any room for empathy and compassion and right right, when we use those words so I think what I would say when I hear the phrase agree to disagree to me it is that polite way of saying probably not going to agree with you on this subject but I'm willing to hear you out I'm willing to listen to what you have to say you know now again not everybody feels that way with that phrase. But from my perspective, that, especially when I'm in a safe relationship, you know, I have this um, really good professor friend of mine. And, you know, she is, she's so amazing. She's one of my best friends. But, again, we are very different politically, socially, right? And we have kind of agreed that there's going to be things we don't, we don't see eye to eye on. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, unless we set it up so that we know we're having, we're ready for that conversation, we kind of just tend not to go there. And it isn't because we don't respect one another or that we don't want to have that. I feel it's that we've just both decided, I get how she feels and she gets how I feel. And we don't feel the need to change yeah. that so that we can have a relationship. You right. know? I mean, yeah. And I guess that makes sense. And I, I don't know. I just, I think about the times cause I just have this vision in my head of like two people completely opposites opposing each other and just never seeing eye to eye. And they like, they walk away and I feel like that causes a wedge in a friendship. Oh, definitely. So it can alienate you or the, them, you know? Okay. So concerts are really good. A good description. Like, you might have three friends that love this, like, certain band. And so those, you and those three friends go. Well, that might alienate another friend who doesn't like that music. It's not that you, that they, you know, hate you as a person. They just don't have the same choice in music. So then they're you feeling left out. you're not going to invite out. me to the next NSYNC concert? Well, if or, NSYNC wait, ever, Street or if whatever NSYNC ever gets back together, I will be at every concert. <laughs> oh, now, okay. new kids on the block, <laughs> I will go, go to every concert. Right. And so, I'm not going to go with you. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, and that's, I'm just using that as an example. But, you know, and that's kind of like your, you know, agree to disagree. And, and the, I don't know why, but some people don't like Nickelback. I love Nickelback. I think they're amazing. Exactly. <laughs> I don't understand why people think they're so corny. Anyways, side note. <laughs> but... But see, there's the thing, like, I've met friends from, you know, I, we call them, and I've mentioned before, the fandoms. Yes, yes. You know, and so, and of course, in those fandoms, you're going to have everybody that's so passionate about that fandom. Yes. 
And then they're going to have their outside lives. And so there may be things in their outside lives that you don't connect with. And you're lucky if you find somebody that does connect with that. So I think for just agree to disagree, it's like you have to be mindful of that term and where, how far you're going to take that. Because like, is it worth having that wedge in your relationship to have that person in your life? So then you have to make the decision as to how strongly you want to keep that person in your life. Is everything else in their life something you want to have, but that one thing you guys can agree on that you're never going to discuss? Because I remember coming home from school when I was in seventh grade with a friend of mine on the bus, and we would literally debate uh, evolution versus creation. Ah. We were in seventh grade. Right. And for a year that we did that. Yeah. And so we were, what, 13? Hopefully you've matured now. Well, and honestly, I was, I was, I was a hundred percent at that time for evolution. Cause I'm like, you know, in the Bible creation is God created the earth on six days and then rested on the seventh. And I just couldn't wrap my head around in 13, you know, I'm 13 about how it happened in six days when I know like things evolved, like, you know, how, what it takes to create a world, you know, right. we have science that backs some of that up. Right. So like. <laughs> But he had a religious background, so he was all supportive of creation. Right. And so we would just, like, that wedge was huge when it came to that specific topic. Everything else was fine. So we just, and slowly we heard. Then I became a Christian, and I learned that a year is like a day, and a day is like a year to God. So, like, that actually could have taken, you know, day one could have taken 10,000 of our, what we know is a year. Right. Right. But... You know, to God, it was just a blink of an eye. Right. So it, and I was 31 at that time. So like from 13 to 31, I had completely like changed. So we can change and learn right. and grow. Amen. Um, and so in that case, like that friend and I are still super close. We still see, don't see eye to eye on certain things and that's okay. He's still my brother and we, you know, you know, he's a friend that's become a brother to me. Um, and that's, again... I say that as he's kind of like my brother, I'm an only child. So my friends were my family, but there's also people that can grow and those wedges are okay. Cause in every family, there's going to be people that don't see eye to eye with you. And so you get to those people and you hold those people close that are, you know, your support system and your group and your, your people. Um, and they become like your family and then it's okay to have those wedges because then you're more safe when you do have those conversations come up. So I think now if we came up with it, he would, he and I might actually go opposite each other with them. What we, <laughs> I don't know, but cause we haven't really talked about it. We would joke about, you know, what we used to do on the bus, you know, laughing and, you know, I don't know. It's funny. Well, yeah. So this makes me really think about the word honesty. Because one of the things in research about authentic relationships is honesty. So I, I think we have to talk about the, the elephant in the room, if you will. Is honesty always the best policy? Mm, that, <laughs> no, that's a, that's a good question. And I think the truth hurts. Oh, yes. So, you know, in, in, in our church body, we have the, um, term discipling and disciple relationships. Mm -hmm. And we call ourselves brothers and sisters in Christ. Those terms bring on the sense of, if we call you brother, 
that person should be able to come to you and point out something truthfully and honesty to you. Like, this is something I noticed that was a flaw in your character. Or that you're struggling right. with or that, you know, yeah. And like, and we might not see it. And they're loving us enough to tell us the truth, which will hurt at first. Right. But then as we realize it, and it's happened to me, people have pointed things out in my character. I've realized they were right. You know, it took me some time and I was upset when they first told me. Um, but then I valued that, them addressing that. Yes. Because I was able to grow from that. Amen. So in that case, honesty is great. But it's honesty because they wanted to take care of me. Like they were seeing me, not telling me the truth so they look better than me. Right. That's a difference. And that's part of love and unconditional love. When we are talking, there's a scripture, I want to say it's in First John, which is considered um, like the book of love. And I want to say it's in First John and it talks about... How when we don't speak in love, it's like a resounding gong. And that it it's a clashing, you know, something mm-hmm. that is actually hurtful to the ears because it wasn't done in love. Mm-hmm. You know, friendship. So there's all the different kinds of friendship. Uh, sorry, um, love. So we have books on love languages, right? But mm-hmm. there's also physical love, friendship love, the love we have with, with our creator, God, right? I can't remember how many different different types of love there are. Um, but, and again, they have all the, the different Greek and, and words associated with them. But if our words are not spoken from love, then they're most definitely going to probably cause harm, damage, hurt feelings. Um, and it's not going to be received well because it's going to fall on ears that are being damaged by, by what you're mm-hmm. saying because it's not being said with love. Right. I think so I think, yeah. First John 4, I think it's in yes, there. Yes, First John 4. So it's, again, back in my past, I grew up with, surrounded by what I felt was dishonesty. Nobody willing to actually speak the truth for for many reasons, right? Um, and we talked about those. But as I, you know, grew up and I began to have faith on my own and try to have these more authentic relationships, I still found myself lying, not not giving the whole thing. Lying to yourself or lying to them or both? Probably both. I definitely lie to myself. I lie to myself a lot. Um, I'm working on that. (laughs) So in this journey of, you know, being authentic, one of the conversations um, my current counselor and I have is a couple of things, but speaking to myself like someone that I love, but also speaking, speaking truth to myself so that I can grow and mature and, and not be a victim anymore and not be, you know, that depressed, sad, um, self-focused person, always afraid of what's coming around the corner. In my relationships or outside of relationships, it's just kind of been the way my, you know, life has been 
Um, and I'm trying to change that. So I think the key for me was to focus on if I'm speaking honesty with love, then my intentions are pure. My intentions are, are less about building myself up or bringing somebody else down or competing or, or hurting someone because they hurt me. If I'm do, if I'm speaking honestly in love, then there's opportunity for growth and, and, and reciprocal actions back within the relationship. So that's, that's how I've been looking at honesty. Um, and, uh, because I definitely don't feel like a majority of my relationships had a lot of honesty, mostly because I was lying to myself right. and living in constant fear of rejection, of mm-hmm. hurt, of, you know, all of those right. things. So yeah, honesty hasn't been a huge part. And, and, oh, just saying that out loud is a huge revelation and it, it's, Lori's revelation. You heard it here first. Right? You heard it. I just, I'm like, wow, God, what kind of shallow person? (laughs) But then I'm like, okay, now kindness to yourself. You know, I only could work with what I had to work with, you know, and now I'm growing and learning. And in that growing and learning, I'm realizing I can be honest. I can be truthful. I can. And then... So I think there's another area in authentic relationship that we should also talk about, which, which is loyalty. So I'm not going to lie. When I think of loyalty, I, I kind of cringe a little because, because previously in these less honest authentic relationships that I've had in my past, loyalty was something that was expected with no return. Almost like, Mm. like we, like we talk about in the faith, blind faith, where we know that that's not what God is asking us. There is, God is not asking for blind faith. He's asking for faith in response to faith because of right in a, and so in my mind, and my heart in previous relationships, what I learned was loyalty was expected, whether it was earned, whether it was given, there was this absolute obsession need for loyalty, but it wasn't always in a, in a healthy way for me and really did keep me in that victim mentality. What, and you and I were just talking this morning about how I'm trying to change my language, right? I don't have to do something. I'm choosing to do something. Right. And I never felt that I got to choose to be loyal. Mm-hmm. It was just expected. But now that I'm investing in these more authentic relationships, there I want to give loyalty. I want to be there. I want to do that investment, right? And... Yeah, so what I don't know, what are your thoughts on loyalty? Loyalty is a tough one. Cuz I think about 
Like, loyalty on the surface of, like, I'm a Seahawks fan and you're a Broncos fan. We're loyal to our teams. Right. Okay. Right? Right. So, as, you know, as when we look at that. So, like, I was just having a conversation with somebody yesterday about they were watching, I think it was a baseball game or some sort of sports game where it was a Seattle team against a Portland team. And they'd gone and they'd, they were the Washington team fan. So, they were supporting the Seattle team. But they had purchased a car from a family member in Oregon. So their vehicle had Oregon plates on it. So when they were leaving the parking lot after the game where Seattle won, all the Seattle fans were trying to fight that their car because it had Oregon plates. So they thought they were an Oregon fan. So like they were loyal to it. And then they're you know basically wearing the opposite team's, you know, plate you know it was a license plate but you don't think about but like so that's so that's your loyalty is like you're fighting for your you know the team you support right right kind of as friendships um if i'm in a group setting where like there's two or three people talking and they might be talking about somebody that's not in the group right well one you don't want to gossip about people amen two if somebody does start talking bad about somebody else and you're their friend that loyalty should mean you stand up for your friend even if they're not there. Amen. I agree with that. Um, you know, and loyalty can come from, you know, somebody comes to me and says, well, so-and-so said this about me. My loyalty is, do I agree with the person that came to them or do I agree with them? Because, like, <sighs> if you come to me and say, you found this character flaw you need to work on or, you know, I'm concerned right. about. But then everybody else in my life says, oh, don't worry about that. You're fine. That's, you know, no big deal. Where's, you know, what loyalty do I look at? Do I be loyal to you and what you're trying to teach me? Or do I follow everybody else who says, oh, don't worry about it? So then I have to start looking at, so I like loyalty starts with us. So we have to make that choice as to be loyal or not. And yeah, like. Um, you know, and loyalty, I think comes with honesty. If I'm loyal to something or someone, you know, that comes above something. But honestly, like loyalty, if we're not loyal to God, first off, or to the person who's giving us everything in our life, then like, we have to start kind of check ourselves on that too. So loyalty is like different levels. Like, I guess I look at like, a fan loyalty like to like um like a sports team as kind of like surface level or loyalty. Or a company like I like Coca-Cola. Right. And, and I'm a like Pepsi. Pepsi, yeah. Yeah, so like yeah, that was a division in our house. Our refrigerator mm. had like rivalries in the fridge. <laughs> there was the cans of Pepsi and the cans of Coke in the fridge were like battling it out. They were having wars. <laughs> um so just, you know, things like that. And so, th- so the surface would be like the fan loyalty, right. you know, and then you kind of, you know, as, as you get to more friendships and, you know, that loyalty, um, I don't know. I, I didn't really grow up, well, anybody that knows me can, you know, correct me, but I didn't really like deal with a lot of that. I like, sure. I had friends that I was more friends with somebody else than, you know, another person. So when they talk bad about them, I'd, you know try to stand up for him. But then on the other hand, like I'm shy and, um, don't often stand up for anything like, like vocally, like, you know, I'm not that kind of person. So, you know, I, it would be hard for me to act loyal 
in that sense? I'm finding loyalty for me really has a lot to do with healthy boundaries. Yeah, that's true. Um, and that's just something that I'm growing, growing ma- massive leaps and bounds in. It's a little less about, you know, so as I'm learning to love myself, which we've identified that I did not know how to do, um, I am learning that healthy boundaries can really help me in what I will be loyal with or stand firm on or stand up for, you know, um, and then other things where I'll, I'll decide it's not really that important for me to get that invested in it that I have to have an argument over it or a, or, um, a disunifying moment with a brother or sister over, you know, something because to me it's it's not where my value lies anymore. Right. You know what I mean? And yes, I love you know, a, I do love the Broncos, I do love Coca-Cola, I do love the Dodgers, you know, but I also like the Rockies, which is, you know, that we're in the same division league, right? And I'm like liking two other right. Yeah. So you're cheating on the Dodgers. I know I'm cheating. Who cheats on their? Yeah, we call them diehard fans. But anyway, I'm learning that that with healthy boundaries and learning to love myself, that loyalty is is not. It's not that it's not important to me, but that it's less of a have to do thing for me that it comes out of a response of love and a response of honesty and a response of authenticity so that's what I would say about that so um yeah I think boundaries is a good good point um and I think yeah I I like the statement about boundaries Because I think in all that, because like even we have to have like our own boundaries for ourselves and like, and that comes with making your convictions, you know, some convictions are grown over time. Others you've had since childhood, you know, and and convictions can be as simple as I just don't drink alcohol to, um, you know, very elaborate things. I choose not like, I don't drink alcohol that frequently, but I don't, I don't struggle with others who do, um, you know, that's a boundary I've set for myself to keep me healthy or to keep me authentic or maybe to not experience something I did when I was younger. I don't know. Um, yeah. So, and then once we kind of get them for ourselves, then we can start, uh, implementing them for future. Yes. Um, I think it's important to also talk about, um, follow through and depth, depth within a authentic relationship, because I feel that follow through and depth, differentiate a surface relationship or acquaintance with with a deeper with a with an authentic friendship if you will so you know we've talked about you know um healthy boundaries right but one you know every everyone knows that a biblical principle is laying down your life for another you know so i would 
definitely be willing to lay down in the road, give you a, my kidney, um, give you a part yeah, of I don't my want, liver, right? I don't I, want your liver. Yeah, no, <laughs> you don't want part of my liver, please. Yeah, let's not go there. Um, my, how about my lungs? My lungs and my heart are two of the greatest parts of my body. So I could give you, right? Whatever it is. So, but I would definitely lay down mm-hmm. and die for you, right? I would give you the shirt off my back. I would, I do love, I have those relationships where I love unconditionally. And with that comes a, a healthy response mm-hmm. of follow through mm-hmm. of my yes being yes and my no being no. And, That's a good point. and, and whereas on a surface, more surface relationship, I might not be as committed, I guess, to the ultimate follow through of, right. of what's going to happen. But I am when I'm in a safe relationship, right. a deep relationship, you know, and you know, I, because of all the other things, right. That make up this, what we desire in authentic relationships, I feel that a natural, beautiful um, reaction consequence, I'm not sure exactly the word I'm looking for there, but is that there's a depth. There is a, a wholeness, a, a, a richness to the relationships that I have that are authentic. Mm-hmm. And that is just a, a natural consequence byproduct of an authentic relationship. So, mm. yeah. All right. So we've talked about what an authentic friendship looks like. We've talked about what masks are in friendship. So let's do some practicals. Do you have yes. some practicals? I always have practicals. <laughs> Take it away, Lori. I'll chime in if I think of one. <laughs> all right, all right. So I'm. Uh, it's so funny. Remember the other night? Um, I think we were at that. Um, it was that meeting that we were all at on Friday, and the guy who was leading it said, um, "said you know I don't do points and I don't oh, yeah. do whatever." This will be the like the one lesson. Yes, the one lesson that has ever. multiple points or whatever. I'm all about the points and I'm all about being organized. So I guess I want to talk about how we can be authentic. So I think the first thing and that leads to all of the others is that we need to be true to ourselves. And I know we touched on that earlier, but it is probably in my mind one of the key principles of how we'll ever be able to get authentic, real, deep relationships. Because if we can't be true to ourselves, how can we be true to someone else? Exactly. And I just didn't realize that until much later in life. I really didn't know that. So being true to ourselves. So how, and being true to ourselves in what? in values so we have to know what we value Mm -hmm. and if we don't if we haven't identified that if we haven't um taken note of that then how do we value it in someone else how do we see it in someone else if we don't even know what we value within ourselves 
within our spiritual mindset, you know, um, I find personally that the deepest relationships are those that I share with brothers and sisters because we have that faithful background foundation, if you will, as well, which I think lends itself to an authentic relationship. Now, mind you, I, I have brothers and sisters or, or friends, best friends that are not of the same faith that I am and not of the same lots of stuff that I am. So you can have an authentic relationship without that. But I think that your spiritual um, health does lend itself to a good authentic relationship. And then being true to yourself in your personality, not hiding, learning not to hide, learning not to be ashamed, learning to be, it's okay if I'm an extrovert and you're an introvert and, you know, um, or I like to be the life of the party, the center of the party, and you like to, you know, not be those things. I'll take the right? job of the wallflower any day. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't think I could do that. But I think we do have to learn to be okay with that, to learn to love ourselves and to love those things about ourselves, you know. Don't, not try to hide them, mm-hmm. you know. So that's part of, definitely an authentic how we can be authentic another huge one and I don't think we've really brought it up yet but to have an authentic relationship you have to be able to take responsibility and we too often in this culture in this society um in this day and age if you will we don't we do not accept responsibility. We don't accept and that responsibility. that goes along with being willing to say that you're wrong. Oh, amen. That's part of accepting, yes. And it's okay to be wrong. It's not a, I mean, my gosh, we're human beings, right? We are all fallible. We all fall short of the glory of God. We, but to be real, we have to be able to say, I made a mistake. I did this. Please forgive me. I, you know, and the thing is, you can't even get to forgiveness, not real forgiveness, until you can actually take responsibility that you actually might have hurt someone, that you might have said something out of turn, that you might have acted in a way that was selfish or um, hurtful. And so taking responsibility is probably... You don't get to forgiveness until you can take responsibility. Right. And then, you know, so, and that taking responsibility for our actions, our words, our deeds, everything that we're doing, we have to be accountable. We have to be, and we have to be willing to be held accountable, you know? And that's why I said, sometimes I feel that my relationships within, you know, what we call our kingdom family there's a level of expectation within those that we've talked about that has accountability built into it. Whereas in the world, sometimes that's often not as easily acceptable. We are kind of like, wait a minute, where do you get off telling me what to do or how to think or Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? And whereas within a kingdom family, we're like, no, we know where you get off. Not sure, but we can still not agree. We can still, Mm -hmm. you know, not 
or be hurt by it or process it mm-hmm. and then grow with it and learn with it and move on from there. Mm-hmm. So I would say those are my key points to how we build a, a culture, um, a, a safe space for those authentic relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking, you know, I think for me, like, the only way to have, like, authentic, being authentic, I guess, in our friendships, you have to start with being honest with who you are to yourself. Because, like Lori was saying, you know, you gotta know who you are. You know, what you like and don't like. Because there are some people out there that really don't have any likes and dislikes. They just, like, go with the flow. Which is cool, but they're kind of non-committal in everything. You know, if that's how you want to be, cool, you know, but how does that make an authentic friendship? Like, can you really be noncommittal in anything? Ugh. You know, and, and like I said, it's not a bad thing, but like, if I know that I support, you know, a certain sports team, you know, I'm committing to that. You know, like, I'm not just like, you know, we talk about there's fans who are like the bandwagon fans who only come when the team is doing well. Well, I'm, I'm a Seahawks fan. I I guess you could say I'm a ride or die. I don't care whether the Seahawks are good or bad. I'm going to support them. But then there's some fans that will come out of the woodworks right when the Seahawks are doing well. And then the next thing you know, like they're only around until they win a Super Bowl and then they disappear when the Seahawks do not so great. By the way, the Seahawks beat the Broncos in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Mm. <laughs> Lori and I are still friends even though when that happened. <laughs> Though I do like to remind her 43-8. Just, just saying. 43-8. Oh, I can't help it that we didn't show up that day. Moving on. <laughs> um, Good thing I love you. Yeah, and but uh, that goes along too. Is, is If you can be authentic and tease each other like yes. that. Yes. That's an authentic friendship because I know what's her like weakness and I know what's like she's her passions are and I know what mine are and I can tease her about him and we can make a joke out of it. Yes. We're comfortable in that way. Well, I know in our authentic relationship that you're not saying something to hurt me. I know there's a foundation of trust. Exactly. So there's the other thing. Like we have to have a foundation of trust and to prove that to the people that we're being friends with is like you've got to be trustful or, you know, and responsible, um, trustworthy, um, truthful, honest, all that stuff, you know, even, you know, and you say like a lot of these are the same characteristics you find in a partner. If you're looking for a relationship, it, so those don't they say, aren't you supposed to be best friends first and then exactly. (laughs) So, you know, if, if you, if you can't come together and have a solid friendship, how are you going to have a relationship with a significant other? Right. Just yeah. saying. Yeah. You know, so no. think about it that way. Like if, <laughs> if you're single out there and I'm sure if you're married, you'll understand like that. Like there are people who have gotten married very quickly and weren't friends with the person they married and like they maybe were only together a short time and grew to like each other. And there's men and women who were in an arranged marriage yes. because of their culture and learned to love each other. That happens a lot, you yes. know, so, but again, that comes with growth. That comes with being real and understanding where you're at. You know, 
and I, you know, I'd kind of talked a little earlier. It's like learning who the other people are too, you know, investing in them, figuring out yeah, what they like and don't exactly. like. Like I know Lori is allergic to vinegar. So right. I was going to clean something yesterday with vinegar and I went, I can't do that because Lori's coming and she'll have a highs and I really don't want to deal with that. <laughs> yes. Thank you. My so, body greatly appreciates that. Yeah. So, but, but I, I had learned that by living with her and being her friend and learning that about her. And I didn't just let it go in my ear and out the other and like never think about it again. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Because I knew like that was an important thing. And like there's some friendships that like their friends don't even know that. Like, you know, and you've that's sad. Yeah. And, and sure, sometimes it's an accidental thing. Like if you're not around them. Yes, you and I lived together. We had an apartment together, so there were things I had to do differently than I would normally do because of your allergy, which is right. understandable. Yes. So, like you said, that's an investment into other people. Investment. And yes. you can't just invest in your own self. No. no. And God did not make us to have only a relationship with ourselves. He made us to have relationships with others because the relationship that we have with the others here on earth, that's the relationship we're going to have with him. And, like... He wants us to have relationships with other people because then he knows we know how to have relationships with him because we can be the God on earth. We can be and show who God is right. through our actions. Which is what we're supposed to do as disciples. Right. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, one of my favorite scriptures when it comes to friendship is um, in Ecclesiastes. Two. And I wanted to just kind of close out our section today on that. So I'm going to... Good thing we have um, Bibles on our phones nowadays. I do love technology when it's working. Um, so Ecclesiastes 4, um, not, starting in verse 9, it says two people, and this is from the New Living, um, which I'm currently reading right now. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And I think that I love that I feel that that's what I have with T and EJ. Mm -hmm. I've got that triple braid going on and we're, we're there for each other, even when T can't you know, physically be with us, you know, and but I feel her presence within our mm -hmm. conversation and I can hear her laughing and joking and talking about things. And then of course, throwing in all the really awesome medical mental health yeah. stuff that Aaron and I only kind of surfacely know, you know? Yeah. Um, but I'm just really grateful that I definitely feel like I have that. And, um, and I'm, I'm just really grateful for those authentic relationships that I do have. Yeah. And I want to cherish them. And I want to cherish, you know, I'm 
learning how to be an authentic person is allowing me to have better authentic relationships. And for that, I'm grateful. Yeah. Um, one of the scriptures I had been familiar with when I was younger, um, a friend of mine had it as actually her email address, I think some, and it was something. And then John fifteen thirteen. So, um, in John, I'll read from the NIV, um, 12 and 13, actually it says, my command is this love each other as I've loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Amen. And like Lori was saying earlier, you know, that's laying down one's life and this is jesus speaking jesus laid down his life for us to have relationships to have the the life we have so he was willing to lay down his life so like he's basically saying hey can you lay down yours for mine um you know and those relationships like you want to have those ride or die friends you want to have those that like i'll be there you want to be the thelma and louise yeah (laughs) go off the cliff Yes. So things like that, like those, that's a big one. And there's another one. Um, I think it's in Proverbs again, like Lori was saying, it's great to have technology because we can have the Bible on our phone. Love it. So Proverbs seventeen seventeen, in the NIV says a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Those are two of my favorite friendship scriptures because I feel like like I was saying earlier, you know, I grew up without having biological siblings, but I have friends that are like my brothers and sisters. And I feel like I have friends who love me, but I don't know if I would call them my brother or my sister. But those that I do consider family, like those are there for like in the time of adversity. I can't tell you how many of those brothers and sisters reached out to me when my dad passed away. I mean, and that because that was a that was time of adversity in my life. Yeah. And I had people there for me. And that's the kind of friendships that you want to have. Amen. And I think those are some amazing scriptures, you know, to ha- just to remind yourself. And I, I know that maybe not everybody has, a, a, like, a faithful background. But just because we, we talk about God and faith and we're Christians, you know, you can implement some of this with, you know, without having a Christian, you know, faith. Or, you know, there's... There is authenticity. Yeah, you know, and and just because we tell you a scripture or we read a scripture, you know, I think that is what stands out in our life. And, you know, you can like a scripture and not be a Christian, you know. I There were scriptures I knew of, you know, long before I even knew what, you know, the Bible was, honestly. Okay, I take that back. My dad would, you know, not be happy that he... I did know what the Bible was, but I just didn't have any desire or interest in it until later in life. Um, I think, too, what you're kind of trying to say is that, you know, we have always said in this, um, we've just always been honest from the beginning that all three of us are faithful women who have a relationship with God. And, you know, we don't, we want to talk about that. We don't want to be afraid about it. We want to be authentic and we Mm want to be able to be free to, to do that. And so we hope that, you know, our listeners will be, authentic with us and appreciate that that we're being honest about where we are in our walks with God well I think we're done for the day you got anything you can think of that you want to add to oh goodness gracious no this has been fun we don't get to do this straight up sitting next to each other it's like having a conversation with my bestie in real life and I love it you know it's funny too is when we start talking about doing this you know I've always wanted to do a podcast and I was like 
how are we going to do this? And I know there's been times where we've tried to use Anchor, like, where you and, like, Tina are at your, her house, because she lives not far from you. Yeah. And then while I'm here in Tacoma, but we just could never get it to work right. And then when you said you were coming out, we were talking about, you know, we were going to record a couple weeks ago, but then you've got some things changed at your place, and so the internet wasn't working oh, great. Goodness gracious. So I was like, how are we going to do this? And I'm like, let's just record while you're here. And I'm like, man, I want to do this more often. <laughs> I know. We have to do it more often. I yeah. like it. Um, but yeah, so this, so coming from live from my living room, <laughs> um, hope you guys enjoyed. Um, you know, this episode is available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can check us out on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Behind the Mask PC. Um, if you don't use social media, you can also email us at Behind the Mask PC at gmail.com. Feel free to review us on Anchor. You can leave feedback on any of the platforms you've listened to us on. And if you find us on a platform we don't mention, let us know because some of them we don't see. And you can also message us through our social media or email because we'd love to hear what you think. Um, If there's a topic, you know, that you'd like us to talk about or address, we will kind of consider it. So just let us know. And if you want to keep these episodes coming, uh, you can support us through Anchor. Um, if you go to anchor.fm slash behind the mask PC slash support. And on behalf of Lori and myself and T, who's unable to be here today, thank you for listening and we'll talk to you later.